0: Five picks after the Niners took uh, TDP, which we'll get to that in a second. But, um, Mike, we'll start with you. This is Brian Roth. The doo pick. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Football Absurdity Podcast. My name is Jeff Crisco. I'm here with my co-hosts. Walker Kelly and Mike Valverde. Mike, how's your day going today? A day you thought was Tuesday.
1: It was Tuesday. I, I was pumped for Tuesday. And then all of a sudden around, what was it, 3.15, I get a message that we're starting. Um, and <laughs> I'm like, don't we do this on Wednesdays? I'm kind of confused. And so I had to look at my watch and, and notice that it was actually a Wednesday. So you guys were right. I was wrong. I have no idea what I'm doing.
0: It isn't. Yes, we looked at the calendar. That's what we did to be correct. <laughs>
1: That's usually a good start.
0: Yeah, Walker, how's your day going?
2: Oh, pretty good. Uh, just uh, just chilling mostly. Got uh, got outside and threw my discs for the first time since the weekend. I screwed up my ankle playing in the tournament this weekend. So. Oh
0: yeah, I was gonna ask how the tourney went. So I guess not good. Uh,
2: well, I actually played pretty good on it somehow. I don't really know how I managed that, but. Um, yeah, I rolled, I rolled the doo-doo out of it and got a low ankle sprain on the very first hole. Uh, played t- all 24 holes of the first round on it. And then I uh, left because I didn't want to climb up and down hills for 24 more holes on a bad ankle.
0: Oh, come on.
2: Yeah, I thought it was a bad idea. So It was going to yeah. be your
0: Jordan flu game.
2: No. Right? <laughs> Yeah, my amateur disc golf Jordan flu game. Yeah, uh, but no, I uh, it feels better now, so I was able to get out and throw a little bit and test it out and make sure I could use it, and we're good. So
0: nice. Yeah, we're back just, at it
2: again this weekend.
0: I've been doing yard work. My wife's out of town. I decided to drive to San Francisco to take in a baseball game, in which the Giants were down five to nothing after the first half inning. And oh, I,
1: you saw the Nationals game.
0: I was there. I was 27 rows behind the dugout because it was only 50 or 40 bucks. And uh, I wanted to leave. I would have if I was at home, I would have turned the, the television off. And even worse, I was starting Alex Cobb that day. So I got Ooh. both. I got the uh, the worst of both worlds. Uh, I got to watch Alex Cobb not throw strikes uh, at all both for my fantasy team and about 50 yards from me. So, well, brutal. I, Yep. All right. So what we're going to do today is the NFL draft finished over the weekend. So we're going to go pick by pick and we're going to discuss every single player, all 262 players. We're talking Co-Keeft. We're talking, uh, I'm trying to find another guy, Tegan Quitoriano.
2: Who the heck is that? He didn't even get drafted.
0: Yes, he did. Tegan Quitoriano is a fifth round pick tight end uh, to the Houston Texans. Oh. Out of Oregon State. I missed that one. Apparently, we're talking Bailey Zappi. No, what we're gonna do is we're just gonna kind of have a free-form discussion about um, players that we haven't talked about yet from the draft, and then some news. Um, you know, we got the DeAndre Hopkins uh, suspension, and we're gonna have to revisit the Marquis Brown discussion that we had before. Um,
1: I was hoping we'd talk about all the UDFA's. I
0: mean, well, there's one. There's one that's UDFA. Speaking of UDFAs, uh, if Justin Ross's neck works fine, that might be a very interesting addition for Kansas City. But um, I was reading up on just so Justin Ross, very talented player at Clemson for the people at home because you didn't hear his name called during the draft because he was a UDFA. Extremely talented. He was like in my top 10 wide receivers didn't get drafted because he has a weird spinal fusion thing. Um, going on, and uh, I was looking into it. I was like, "How bad is this?" And I saw a doctor say, uh, "Literally, nobody has ever been cleared to play in the NFL with this type of injury." And frankly, I'm confused why they let him go back to play at Clemson. So, um, doesn't bode well. But at the same time, it it only takes one guy to say, "Well, except Justin Ross made it work." So I don't think that Justin Ross is a guy that we go out and we um, overdraft. Uh, I don't think we draft him at all in redraft leagues, but in rookie drafts, he could be an interesting, you know, fourth round pick. But um, yeah, it, it you know is a bad draft class when we're we lead off this uh, recap episode with a UDFA going to Kansas City. <laughs>
1: That's
2: right.
0: So what do you what do you two think about this Justin Ross thing? Like, let's assume he is cleared to play. Like, what what do we think of Justin Ross in in this rookie year?
2: I don't think much of him as a fantasy-relevant player. I mean, they drafted Sky Moore in the second round, who is arguably a better prospect than Ross, even if Ross is fully healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, they signed Marquez Valdez-Scantling to a fairly expensive free agent contract. They still have Michael Hardman. They still have Travis Kelsey at tight end. Juju. So, right, and they have Juju now. So, I mean... I. I don't see him making a significant impact. Um, the best I could see for him is like that Josh Gordon role, where he gets like two or three targets a game. So, yeah, I, I'm
1: I'm not interested in redraft at all.
0: Okay, Mike, what do you think?
1: Yeah, he's not. I mean, if he's going like the fourth round, as you mentioned, I was trying to look to see exactly where he went um, in the one draft that I just finished at. 314. So fourth she round for most. Fourth round in
0: a normal draft because it's a 14 team league.
1: Right. And so if he's doing that in Dynasty, then he's certainly not a redraftable player.
0: Yeah. Okay. And speaking of like not redraftable players, uh, this or not draftable players, this draft feels really light on guys that I'm feeling excited about this year. Is it just me or is it, it, it feels like, is kind of a meh class it's a lot of stuff where we have to wait for things to sort out like um like walker you mentioned sky Moore. i mean it's possible you know that it's the juju smith schuster and travis kelsey show there and sky Moore doesn't get clicking and you know uh uh, george pickens going to pittsburgh you know they've got established guys there the quarterbacks i don't think any of them are going to be fantasy relevant this year we won't have a single fantasy relevant quarterback You've got, like, Velas Jones going in the third round. Um, you've got guys like Brian Robinson just coming in and, and breaking up uh, what we thought were established backfields. It, it feels like it's just kind of, like, a mess with a lot of these players. Am I am I? nuts
2: for not No, you're right. I mean, even, like, the first guy who came off the board after we went off the air on Friday was James Cook in the late second. And this is a guy who averaged six touches a game last season. I mean, I really don't care about the second-round draft capital. He's not a guy who's going to be a starting NFL running back. I mean, he's a change-of-pace player, and I, it's, it's just not good. It, it's, not, it's not a very good rookie class in terms of skill position players. Um, the obvious ones are going to be relevant, and I don't think you're going to be able to find a whole lot of sleepers in this class.
0: Yeah, Mike, what do you what what are your thoughts on the, on the class overall? Is is it kind of over or underwhelming for you in terms of uh uh first-year guys? It fe- feels like the first round a whole bunch of wide receivers went off and you already were getting to like iffy circumstances with like Jameson Williams coming off of an injury. Um it's, it's it, it doesn't feel great to me.
1: Well, and then you have him going to Detroit with Jared Goff so it's yeah and
0: it's it's a it's a it's a stylistic mismatch there too because he's he's there for whoever's under center in 2023 and beyond
1: right and so that that doesn't help us much and I I think do really the only exciting player that I could see really having an impact is Traylon Burks in Tennessee um other than that none of these guys are exciting uh, it's all um mismatches or over overwhelming um you know, fields like Sky Moore could be exciting in Kansas City because of Patrick um, Mahomes, but then you have MVS, and then you have Juju Smith-Schuster, and you already have a, an extreme amount of wide receivers there. So it's it's just like you can find things that look exciting, but then you you think about it, and then you're going, oh yeah, that's probably not going to work out. So none of these guys really. A, are talented enough to to push through and be those number one guys like Justin Jefferson from last year, and they any of the guys that may have a chance are usually are kind of buried out. The only one that's not is Trey Burks.
0: Yeah, I kind of agree. Uh, I think there's a path to relevancy for like um,
2: Chris for, Olave.
0: Yeah, Chris Olave, but that's more of a, a an, an up and down like wide receiver three role. I think he'll be more of a boom bust guy. But, um, yeah, I just th- – there's no guy in this draft that I'm really, like, excited for. There's no – I guess I'll ask this. Is there an Amon Ross St. Brown in this draft class? Uh, a, guy, a guy that went on day three that, you know, might have some relevance. And I have the, the list of those guys here. Uh, Romeo Dubs to Green Bay. Eric – Yeah, yes, I it's that one. It's that one? <laughs> it's,
2: it's, it's Romeo Dubs. It's um, not
0: Derek Young to Seattle? No.
2: <laughs> uh if if there is one it it'll be dubs i think because while christian watson has a significantly higher ceiling than dubs i think dubs is more nfl ready right now and aaron Rodgers likes to throw to the guy he knows he can catch the football um sammy watkins is going to get hurt alan lazard will be ahead of him on the depth chart but i don't think amari rogers will be randall cobb you never know if he's going to be healthy he's also another year older um, Robert Tunyon's just not very good, uh, so there's a path to where Dubs could essentially take over the Lazard role from last year and have like 50 for 705 or something like that. But I don't think there's going to be a St. Brown type guy where they're like a league winner as a day three rookie. Um, I, I think that Dubs is your best bet because it's a it's a thin receiver room and he's a decent player. He's pretty well developed already, um, but he's not nearly the the prospect that St. Brown was. So, um, uh, in in terms of receivers, he's probably the guy. Um, I guess you know, in tight ends, I suppose Daniel Bellinger might start for the Giants, but he's not good at football.
0: Yeah. So the, 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 I started. T- I started instinctively shaking my head when you were talking about rookie. It's like,
2: and it's a rookie tight end. So yeah. no thanks um the uh, there's no day three quarterback that has any chance of playing this year um i don't know i guess maybe kyle phillips uh receiver from ucla went to tennessee he could start in the slot for them maybe um i don't think again it'd be a very productive role for fantasy but he could get some serious playing time in year one um (laughs) And then the running back on day three that's in the most obvious spot to play year one is uh, is Tyler Algier in in Atlanta. Um, I think Algier's a decent player, um, and I think he kind of fits what Atlanta's looking to do, but he's not going to catch passes because it's not what they drafted him to do. Um, and Marcus Mariota's not going to throw the running backs a whole lot. So it, he's really a two-down plotter. I mean, I think – best case scenario is you're getting like at the end of the season, you get like five games where he scores a touchdown. And so he like puts up Damien Harris ask numbers for a few games, but he's, he's just okay. And the draft capital is not good. Um, Cause a lot of these guys, I mean, you look through like, I mean,
0: here. Let me let me ask you a question about Algier because they cut Mike Davis. This was something I wanted to talk right, about. Right, right. Who else is carrying the football there? Because it's not Cordarrelle Patterson.
2: Well, Patterson will carry it sometimes. Yeah, and Mariota oh, will carry it sometimes.
0: So you're looking at 130 carries between them. No, more
2: than that. Probably 200 between those two guys.
0: Wait, wait hold on. How many carries is is quarter L. Patterson getting?
2: Uh, eight a game or so. So, so probably 150.
0: Okay. And then
2: Mariota will probably run five or six times a game. So that'll put him at like 90. So it's like 240 for those guys. And then I, just don't,
0: I don't see Cordero Patterson rushing the ball that that many times because he did it last year and he fell apart.
2: Well, yeah, but that's because he did it in like he was getting like 14 carries a game. And so I just think that they'll give him less touches per game and that'll keep him healthier.
0: All right, Mike, what are you, he had a uh, 9.6 rushes per game last year. So it'd yeah, actually I, be an increase. No. Oh no, it'd I, be about the same. You said eight. I, I
2: think eight. Yeah. So I think it goes down by two.
0: Okay. Well, you're still looking at a couple hundred carries for Algier there.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's certainly possible. It's just that, You know, I don't think that he's going to do a whole lot better in terms of efficiency than Mike Davis is doing. So if he averages dead on four yards a carry with 200 carries, it's 800 yards. Probably not going to run in a bad Atlanta offense for more than six touchdowns, maybe. That's generous. But if you give him that, that's 116 points. Maybe he catches one pass a game for 10 yards. So that's another 35 points-ish. So that's still only like eight and a half points a game. I mean it, it's you you give him about the best case scenario for a fifth round running back and he's still uh, uh, you know at best a flex guy.
0: Okay. Mike, what are what are your thoughts on on uh we'll start with if there's a day 3 wide receiver that you feel uh feel good about in this draft.
1: Oh, day 3? Probably not.
0: Um We've got Dubs, Azuka Kanma, Calvin Austin, uh, Khalil Shakir to Buffalo, Montrell Washington to Denver, Kyle Phillips to Tennessee, uh, which Walker mentioned, uh, Michael Woods to Cleveland, Jalen Naylor to Minnesota, uh, Samori Torre to Green Bay, Bo Melton and Derek Young both to Seattle.
1: Uh, Maybe Naylor to Minnesota. That might be something, but it's going to be really hard for him to break through with, Thielen there. If Thielen goes down, possibly, but yeah, i nobody here. It, it, it's just that same old problem where path to success is very limited, and when you're a fifth round guy, fourth round guy, seventh round guy, it's you're just not going to be looked at all that well unless you can do something really special out there and being there's a reason why you're a fifth through or fourth through seventh round guys because you're not really all that special so it's it's not it's it's really too tough for these guys
0: you're not special you're not not special special.
1: you're nothing
0: to me (laughs) you're only an nfl player uh, uh michael woods
1: yeah, what's wrong with you, Michael Woods? You only Come broke on, through Woods. the, the .001% barrier of these guys who actually become football pro football players. What's wrong with you, man?
0: What's going on? Um, Let's circle back around to this DeAndre Hopkins thing. DeAndre Hopkins suspended for uh, PEDs uh, around the NFL. Didn't know that uh, Ian Hardit's uh, uh, beaver tranquilizer uh, tweet was a joke. From dodgeball I, and they kept talking about it like it was Rico? Nope. Awkward. Really they got not
2: cool. tone centered.
0: Yeah. Nope. <laughs> um, so what does this do for let's start here? Kyler Murray. Up, down, or the same?
2: Uh slightly down, but not anything that takes him out of like top six fantasy quarterback consideration. I mean, he's still gonna be really good.
0: He's still Kyler Murray.
2: Yep.
1: He wasn't really good when uh, Hopkins wasn't on the field for him last year, so um, the offense has gotten better, but it's still one of those things that, that kind of worries me until he can sort of buck that historic trend of of him not being all that good without Hopkins, then I'm going to be a little worried. But he's still, if I draft him, uh, he I'm still starting him every week, so I, it's just one of those things.
0: Yeah, so sure. without within the four games, not including the playoffs, where he was a disaster, the four games that DeAndre Hopkins didn't play at the end of the year, um, where Kyler Murray did play, because Nuke missed three games in the middle of the year, but Kyler missed the same three games, so those get tossed out. Right. Uh, 251 passing yards, 1.3 touchdowns, one pick in those four games. Um, but he also ran for 39 yards. So you're looking at what's that 14 and 18 about 18 points per game, 17 18 points per game without DeAndre Hopkins like that's not good. But at the same time, this is why they got Hollywood Brown. Right. So so what do we think like we were all kind of confused as to why they went out and got Hollywood Brown um because it's like okay, he's friends with Kyler Murray. They're trying to get make Kyler Murray happy, but you know, Kyler would have been happy with you know, whatever wide receiver they drafted the first round as well. But what does this do for Hollywood Brown? Like does this move him up at all for no. for either of you? And and if so, how much?
1: No. It doesn't oh. move move me move him up for me at all. Um he he's not DeAndre Hopkins uh same level of the field. He's he's the one that's running the seven eight nine and Hopkins is running the you know four or five six. So if anybody that gets a boost out of this is probably Rondell
0: Moore. Okay, so Walker, what are your thoughts?
2: Uh, I don't really think it's a boost or a or a negative from Brown. I I would say I probably was a little higher on consensus than Brown. I think it's kind of silly that he's in like the 30s mm-hmm. in projections right now. He should be in the 20s, but um, no, he's not. Uh, you know, he's not a superb player. He's good. Uh, you know, he'll be in a situation where he's with a familiar quarterback, you know, uh, he'll run the same kinds of routes. Kyler's a similar type of player to Lamar. So that won't be such a, such an adjustment either. Um, I really think it, they'll just plug Marquise Brown into the offense and just say, do the same stuff you always do. Cause that's what he does. I mean, it's, it's going to be a few manufactured touches here and there, and then a lot of deep stuff. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be the same kind of like high production but high variance stuff that you usually get from Hollywood. Um, he's going to have some 120-yard and two-touchdown games, and he's going to have some games where he has like two for 40. I, You know, the, he is who he is.
0: So let me ask you both this. Um, Zach Ertz, over mm-hmm. under 50 targets in the six games that um, uh, DeAndre Hopkins misses. Under. Under? I going to say under two. I'm going over. Wow. Woo! In the this four is... games that he played last year with, uh, without DeAndre Hopkins and with Kyler Murray, he had 11, 13, 9, and 10 targets. So he was averaging 10.8 targets per game for seven catches for 63 yards.
2: That's a lot of targets.
0: So this makes me even more excited to draft Zach Ertz because... If I'm going to get a blob tight end like Zach Ertz is, he's upper blob. But if I'm going to get a blob tight end, I want a guy that I know is going to produce right away. And if he starts mm-hmm. to falter in the middle of the season, well, I'll replace him with another blob tight end. Zach Ertz is going to get his best opportunity to, pro- to produce in the first six yeah, right,
2: games. Right out of the gate, yeah. Uh, right out of the gate. Yeah, and, and he's a good guy to get right now, especially. like
0: He's like tight end 17 or something by ADP. Right.
2: Right, and um with the Cardinals just drafting Trey McBride, that does basically nothing for Zach for Zacherts this year. And but people are gonna panic because people panic. So you're gonna be able to get him at even more of a discount right now. So it's by Zach Ertz time.
0: Yeah. Everybody yeah, everybody wants to overreact to Trey McBride because he's the best tight end in the class, but I mean, last year he would have been three
2: uh who came out last year i forgot
0: prior move Pitts. yeah he jordan would
2: be
1: him
0: he or would
2: be jordan third. oh i would mcbride's better prospect
1: okay yeah like, to read, so he would be
0: three yeah you've got you've got this thing where uh people are going to overreact i think uh when i had that wild hair and i think like january where i was like our rookie tight ends gonna come in and be good now and you both went no what are you crazy I think there are people who will do that with Trey McBride with this DeAndre Hopkins situation when arguably a rookie tight end getting his opportunity in the first six weeks. That's the worst thing that could happen because that's when you're getting accustomed to the NFL. Yeah. You know, you, you yes. want to get worked in. Yep. Yeah. So. um, So we talked about Rondell Moore. De- how far does this push down? De- we've talked about everybody but DeAndre Hopkins. How far does this push down DeAndre Hopkins for both of you? And I'll say right off the bat, I'm not drafting DeAndre Hopkins. Uh,
2: probably won't be either. Um, I usually don't like to draft players that will automatically not play for a solid... A month and a half? I mean, he's not going to play for almost half of the fantasy regular season. Exactly. I, I don't really see a reason to draft that guy.
0: Yeah. Um, Mike, what do you think?
1: Well, the price would have to be, uh, you know, uh, correct. And I would go on the cheaper end of the price, which means that I would have to wait even a couple more rounds after his ADP value is settled after these six games. Just because DeAndre Hopkins is has been slipping. I mean, he's yeah. not like falling off a cliffs kind of a slip, but... In the last couple seasons, he's you know you you can see his numbers starting to decrease and him having trouble. So um, it would have to be on the cheaper end of the ADP, and that's not going to happen. Not with a player named DeAndre
0: Hopkins. So would he be <laughs> would he be a top ninety pick? I had to mute my mic because my dog is going crazy at the mailman.
2: Uh he's not a top ninety pick, no.
0: Top 100.
2: Was a top, in a 12-team league. That's ninth round. Um, no, probably not. I, w- I would say like tenth round is around where you'd start to think about it.
0: Mike, what do you think?
1: I agree. Um, that's what I had in my head when we were even before we even were asked where I would put him. I'd say tenth round is tenth to twelfth. Depending on what my team looks like at the time, but yeah, I
0: think ten through twelve was a good good spot. So, um, if you if you watched our live stream, we gave up because no fantasy relevant players were being drafted in the second round. And then basically the minute we stopped recording, the whole rest of the round was fantasy relevant guys. It felt like. Well, Um, we
2: we talked about a lot of them. We talked about Pickens. We talked about Sky Moore.
0: Yeah. Um, oh, you know what, I, <laughs> you know what, uh, this was sorted by alphabetically first and then by, by picks. So, uh, when I was looking at it, I saw all these round two guys and I was like, oh no, James Cook just ended up at the top of that. Cause he was taken by Buffalo, which was first alphabetically. So my bad, we, uh, appropriately gave up at the right time. So, um, let's talk about James Cook, which Walker talked about. You said what? Six touches per game at Georgia Walker. Yeah. And people are going crazy, like he's going to take Devin Singletary's job. He's nah. not. Like Mike, you didn't really talk about uh, James Cook, but uh, mm. running back out of Georgia, Dalvin Cook's brother. Um, right. He's he doesn't excite me in more than like uh, like a Naheem Hines would excite me, sort of sort of deal.
1: Yeah. Um. I think that's exactly what it what his role is going to be is Hines' uh role. Devin Singletary is a really good guy that you want between you know the twenties and is a first second down kind of player. He he can catch the ball. He's not immune to catching it. He's not like Frank Bohr out there where the ball's bouncing up his hands or hey. something. Well,
0: <laughs> hold on. Frank Gore caught fifty balls a, a season for like five years in the league.
1: He did, and then all of a sudden he couldn't do it anymore.
0: Um, well, that's because when he was on the Colts, he was like thirty-five years old. He got real old.
1: <laughs> he got real. He did get old uh, very fast. Um,
0: the, your eyes are the first thing to go. He just couldn't see the football anymore. <laughs> that's why he was dropping it. The,
1: My, yeah, Frank, I, Orr. He, Frank Gore couldn't catch the ball. He's got cataracts. <laughs> And I and I know that feeling, so I I feel for him. But um, no, for reals, it's um, yeah, it, he's he's adequate, you know. He's probably like a C, C plus kind of receiver. Devin Singletary is. So when you have someone like James Cook out there, who's a much better receiver, and you can run the heck out of Singletary and just dump the ball off to Cook and watch him go, and then you're set.
0: Yeah. Um. The Buffalo Bills uh, threw the ball to the running back 91 times last year, um, which was 15.8% target share, which was the fifth lowest in the league. But I feel like James Cook is the culmination of them trying to fill a role. They don't draft James Cook if JD McKissick goes there. And they also went out and got Duke Johnson. So this tells me that this like 15.8% target share is probably going to go up to like 20% which would put them in the middle of the pack. That would put them around the Vikings and the Giants. So, um, you know, I think that that's going to be beneficial to James Cook, but I don't think he's anything more than like a a, a bi-week flex plug-in. So we see a lot of people getting really excited about James Cook, and I think that's just because people are tired of Devin Singletary, and people were so excited for the Bills to get Brees Hall, because everybody got all jacked up on them getting Brees Hall in the first round, that they're like, Oh well, the running back they did draft—that that's the guy I'm excited about now. And it's like, well, there's a pretty massive gulf between James Cook and Brees Hall. <laughs> so yeah, it's just—it's it, just classic bad
2: process of like, yeah. I want this guy to be good, and therefore I'm going to draft him in all my rookie drafts. And it's like, well, but he's not that good, and he's not the guy that you think he's that you think he is. I mean, he's—he's he's 5'11, 195 pounds. He—he's not gonna be a a bell cow NFL back. He's—he's he's not get, a banger. He's going to get six carries and four targets a game. And, you know, that can be valuable sometimes, especially on a good offense. I'm not saying that he won't produce numbers at some points, but yeah, he's going to have a very J.D. McKissick-esque role. And as such, you know, his ceiling is low-end RB2, and his floor is what happened to Naeem Hines last year when he had a quarterback who couldn't get him the ball out of the backfield. So... Um,
0: what quarterback might uh, not want to pass the ball out of the backfield, if not the best rushing quarterback in the NFL, um, or yeah, one of the best rushing quarterbacks giant,
2: in the NFL? A giant battering ram that can get five yards on his own, basically, yeah, whenever he wants.
0: exactly. Um,
2: yeah, I, I just, I, I think that as a rookie, that Cook is going to be, he's going to finish somewhere between, like, RB 35 and 40, and everyone's going to be, like, very disappointed, even though that's exactly what he should have been.
0: He's going to be, like, 80% rostered and, like, 15% started. Yeah. So, remind. okay, I'm, I'm going to hope that both of you remind me of this. In week seven, when Devin Singletary is dealing with a sprained ankle or whatever, talk me out of going, well, if James Cook <laughs> gets 12 carries, like, what's going to – no, they'll just pass the ball more.
2: You yeah, because the same thing happened with Matt Breida, where...
0: Exactly, that's what Brita
2: I'm came, Yeah, Breda came in and got, like, eight carries. And yeah. they tossed him the ball a few times, and he ended up being fine for fantasy. But, like, yeah, I mean, if Devin Singletary gets hurt, and then James Cook is playing more, then, yeah, instead of six and four, he'll get, like, eight carries and five targets, or nine carries and six targets, like, maximum. So, you know, that, that makes him a flex play, sure. But... I don't know. I don't think you should be spending like a mid to late first round rookie pick on a guy who in his first two years probably isn't going to produce more than like four or five usable games a season.
0: Yeah. So um we mentioned, we, we kind of talked around uh, JD McKissick a little bit and JD McKissick has a new teammate in this draft. Um Brian Robinson jr. Who mm-hmm. went to, uh, uh, Five picks after the Niners took uh, TDP, which we'll get to that in a second. But um, Mike, we'll start with you. This the Brian Robinson pick. <laughs> 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 Mike, we'll start with you. But what does this Brian Robinson thing mean for Antonio Gibson? Because it, it can't be good.
1: Uh no, but I think what it does it offers uh, Washington uh, someone that isn't. The J.D. McKissick, Antonio Gibson kind of player that is thin and uh, more of a receiver. Uh, and Gibson has done well being a running back, but he was a receiver to start his career. So it's that kind of frame. Well, Robinson is the complete opposite kind of guy. So they can hand the ball off to Robinson to get those short short yards and those yards near the goal line so if he's getting goal line carries and gibson isn't and sometimes they just go crazy and give it to mckissick but um th- this even out even lowers his touchdown production even more so uh, i think all around it doesn't do much because hopefully gibson will, will catch more i don't know mckissick's there it, it, i'm not liking gibson this year at all
0: yeah i'm 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 you know People got excited about what uh, Antonio Gibson could be last year after he did so well in his rookie year. And now this is a I think this is a uh, an admission by Washington that Antonio Gibson kind of is what he is at this point. He's not taking another step forward. Um, So, Walker, what are your thoughts on on Brian Robinson to uh, to Washington here?
2: I'm not interested. Brian Robinson is an old prospect who isn't particularly athletic. Um, he's not that good at running the ball. He's okay at catching it. Um, you know, if the, if the commanders had signed Daryl Williams in free agency, would we be concerned about Antonio Gibson? I don't think so. Well, you and, would,
0: cause you love Daryl Williams and he'd be the well, new, Well, I like Daryl Williams
2: there. as a football player, but he's, he wouldn't be relevant for fantasy at all. And Brian Robinson also won't be relevant for fantasy at all. Cause he's the same kind of player. He's a big dude who catches the ball. Okay. And doesn't really do anything else. But um,
1: this is more an effect of Gibson than it is actually something on um, Brian Robinson. I think.
2: I don't think Gibson. He doesn't move much for me because I wasn't all that high in him to begin with. I, I, I would. I had him as a high-end RB2 because that's what he is. You mm-hmm. know, he's been RB13, I believe, two consecutive seasons. So this is what you're going to get out of them. I, I don't. I, you know, I, I, I don't think that. This you know makes him like a, a huge sell or anything like that, but yeah. he's he's in that Josh Jacobs, David Montgomery tier of running backs. I mean, it's he's he's a bit flashier in terms of how he plays, so I think people want to treat him differently. They want him to be Davin Cook or Joe Mixon, but he, it, it, the production just isn't there. Um, and whether that's his fault, whether that's the offense design, I don't know, but. Nothing's changing about the offense design and nothing's changing about Antonio Gibson, the football player. You know, his ceiling is probably RB10 and his floor is like RB18. So, you know, you draft him in that 12 to 15 range and you're if he's your RB1, then I hope your rest of your team is really good. Um, If he's your RB2, then you're doing great.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good point about Antonio Gibson, which is, you know, people were putting him as his, like, floor was running back 10. And, you know, he he was in a discussion with guys like Austin Eckler. And, you know, we don't particularly like him on this podcast, but he was the top five running back last year, Joe Mixon. And it's like, no, Antonio Gibson belongs in a discussion with, like, David Montgomery. Yes. It's like that same type of back where it's like, he will get enough work and he will be productive enough with that work that you'll never be upset that you took him where you take him. If you take him at a rational point, but he's not, he's not going to blow the doors off. He's not going to have the season that Joe Mixon had last year. Like that's just not in his range of outcomes.
2: No, he's, hes you know, best case scenario is that he has like the season that James Conner had last season where he just goes touchdown crazy and ends up as like RB seven because of it.
1: Um, <laughs> That won't happen either because Brian Robinson is there. And, and they also give JD McKissick an opportunity to
0: score touchdowns. So that. And they, all, they also have uh, Carson Wentz and not Joe Burrow leading right. the offense. Yeah.
1: So,
2: yeah. Yeah. Like, Antonio Gibson yeah. certainly isn't going to be catching many passes. So, no. You
0: know. Yeah. And so, um, just to put a, a cap on the Brian Robinson thing, like people act like because it's day two, like round three is kind of a. a, a there's still a lot of upside for players there. And and while that's true, it's not a guarantee that they're going to do well. Because here's some guys that went in the third round last year. Josh Palmer, uh, Dayami Brown, Amari Rogers, Trey Sermon, Nico Collins, Anthony Schwartz. Um, God, Anthony Schwartz, what a horrible pick that was. <laughs> just a terrible pick. I mean,
1: Schwartz is sort of like Robinson, where they're both limited. Schwartz goes downfield; he's going to run that eight-nine kind of pattern. Robinson no. is just going to go in from one yard in. Um, yeah. But all limited players, and they're not going to do it. Yeah.
2: Brian Robinson is going to, yeah, he's going to have seventy carries for two hundred and fifty yards and five touchdowns.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and um. Not uh, useful. No. Just I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna nip this in the bud right now. Somebody's going to write it in June or July. Anthony Schwartz is not Will Fuller. Do not do this to yourself because <laughs> Deshaun Watson is there. Do not do this to yourself. Anthony Schwartz oh, is not yeah, Will can Fuller.
1: because totally yeah.
2: yeah. uh, Well, everybody's going to write it about Donovan Peoples-Jones, which yeah. probably isn't true either, but it's especially not true about Anthony Schwartz, yeah. for God's yeah. sake.
0: The best thing that could happen to the fantasy community is Will Fuller signs with Cleveland and saves – the take Meisters from themselves.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I don't want that to happen because, uh, Cleveland drafted a receiver on day two that, uh, I think we all like pretty well. Um, David Bell, David Bell, baby. Uh, who David I, con- Bell,
0: who I caught, con- I said, I said, you know, else who had a bad RAS Jarvis Landry.
2: Yeah. Oh, David Bell had almost five RAS. So I don't want to hear this like that. He's a <laughs> horrible athlete. He's just a slightly below average athlete. Okay. Um, He's immediately the second-best receiver on this team. Correct. He's better than Donovan Peoples-Jones. He's not as good as Amari Cooper. I'm not going to sit here and say that or anything. But, um, you know, on a, if Deshaun Watson is able to play and his number two receiver is David Bell, then David Bell's going to be pretty productive as a rookie. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the closest thing to Amon Ross St. Brown that you have in this draft.
0: And they were so, like five picks apart because wasn't Amon Brown uh, 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 at the top of the fourth?
2: Yeah, Amon Ra was was the second pick of the fourth round, I believe, yeah. and Bell was the second comp pick in the th- or the third comp pick in the third round.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So yeah, uh, pick ninety nine. Um, so he's within that precious top one hundred. Um, yeah, just saved, uh, m-
0: saved my ass. Yeah, <laughs> the saved guy who it. loved David Bell.
2: <laughs> um, but yeah, I uh, I like Bell. I mean, I would. I would take Bell over a lot of guys that went ahead of him.
0: Yeah, and Mike. What? Are for- you, what? Yeah. What are you thinking about this landing spot for David Bell, Mike?
1: I think it's great because now you have two extremely um, talented route runners, Mark Cooper and David Bell. Uh, and then you have sort of the culminate group of what we were just talking about with Donovan Peoples-Jones and Anthony Schwartz. So the, the wide receiver is pretty much set. Then you have David Njoku and um, I don't know who else is in Cleveland. is tied in right now
0: because Harrison Bryant, baby,
1: Harrison Bryant. Is- Let's go. He's flashed um, when he's not injured, and so is David Njoku. But uh, I, I think it looks like a well-rounded offense, except for the fact that we all know that it's going to be a run after run after run because that's what the offensive philosophy is. So,
0: But, I mean, is it, though? You don't give Deshaun Watson all that money to have him throw the ball 23 times a game like it's Baker Mayfield.
1: Yes, you, you will have more passing, um, but... It's still going to revolve around the run, so an uptick in passing is is for certain going to happen.
0: Yeah, and um, just as an aside, um, we're talking about Deshaun Watson here. There's no like, as of right now, he's not suspended. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Trevor Bauer ate a two-year suspension in the yeah. in MLB for similar things. Similar, yeah, similar yes, similar
1: things. it's it's, it's very, that that really sets the standard on what's. NFL's gonna do but you know I don't know about the NFL they don't they probably don't yeah
0: do but I mean let's be clear here. the MLB is the same league that gave uh I think it was Marcelo Zuna who beat his wife in front of a cop like 20 games this year so it's not really um you know it, it's not like the MLB has been a, a paragon of virtue either so <laughs> yeah. right. so so we'll see, but uh, assuming Deshaun, we'll assume Deshaun Watson's playing for now. Uh, David Bell, wide receiver, seventy nine on expert consensus rank right now on Fantasy Pros, and I only did guys who and girls. Um, I saw a couple the Ball Blast ladies in there, uh, who updated their rankings post draft. So nice. wide receiver seventy
2: nine. Yeah, uh, I, I think you can cut that in half, honestly. Like wide receiver forty. I think that's perfectly a reasonable outcome for the wide receiver two in a Deshaun Watson led offense. I know it's not going to be as high volume passing as it was in Houston, but Watson's an accurate passer. He will get his guys the ball in their hands. Bell is good at finding spaces. I you know he's a good guy to have on your fantasy bench even in redraft as a rookie. I, I think that um, you know once you once you're down to the past the ninth round or so and you're filling out your bench. There's not going to be a whole lot of better options than David Bell.
0: Yeah. um, Like, let's do this. Here, Here's Walker set around wide receiver 40. That's where I'm looking. R- Robert Woods is wide receiver 41. We're just going to cut that off because we don't know how healthy he's going to be. But uh, David Bell or Christian Kirk?
1: Kirk. Yeah, right. I have to go with the veteran.
0: Okay. Tony. Kadarius Tony. I'll go with Tony. Okay. Well, uh, Mike?
1: where's tony playing i mean i know he's in Giants. He's, but he's there's...
0: he's not going anywhere I
1: don't he's think. not going anywhere So with the giants uh you know i might just roll the dice on david bell
0: yeah Ooh. and then we get into michael gallup who's also hurt right now so yeah, who knows there oh well. yeah who knows but then check this out jacoby myers david bell mike
1: ppr leagues that go with jacoby myers
0: but David Bell's going to be good in PPR. That's what he's going to do. He's going to do the he same thing be, as Jacoby we, Myers.
1: We don't know. We don't okay. know. I, I know. I know. I know. I can submit Jacoby Myers. I can't submit. Dave. Do I want David Bell to be better than, McGon- than Myers? Absolutely. But I don't know. I don't know what, what Bell's going to do. So if I have to pick one of the two, I'm going to go with the guy that I know.
0: Okay. Um, Russell Gage is the next guy. I'm David. definitely taking Bell. I'm definitely taking Bell as well. Mike? Yes, Bell, for sure. Devontae Parker, who might be taking targets from Jacoby Myers in New England now.
2: (laughs) Yeah, Bell Bell for sure over Parker.
0: Mike? Uh,
1: I think I'll go with David Bell. Parker had one good year, and that wasn't even with um, the quarter. Well, he's in New England now, Mac Jones. But David... Parker is probably going to be used more as a deep throw guy, and and that doesn't fit Mac Jones' style. So I'm going to go David Bell for more security as a PPR guy.
0: Sweet. All right. And then the last one I'll ask: current wide receiver 52 off the board, or by expert consensus rank, Traylon Burks.
2: Trade. Well, it got to be Traylon.
0: Yeah, it's got to yep. be Traylon. So let me ask you this question: If so, we've got um. Between 40 and 45 for David Bell,
1: mm-hmm.
0: where does Traylon Burks go? Just off uh, the cut.
2: Significantly higher than
0: that. Yeah. Are we talking um, wide receiver two range?
2: Yeah. yeah, I'm not. I would say he's a fringe wide receiver too. I won't have him at 24 in my rankings. But in that 25 to 30 range, I think is probably where it's going to end up for me.
0: So, Mike, where would you put him? You you immediately were like, no, he's not a wide receiver, too. Are, are you thinking the same as Walker, or is, he a, or is he like a 35-ish guy for you?
1: No, I, I, I'm i thinking the same as Walker, a 25 to 30 uh, guy. French sounded much better than wide receiver, too. When I think someone says a wide receiver one or wide receiver two, I'm thinking, like, at the, the middle least, of the- like, yeah, in the middle. And so I kind oh, of took okay. the gun on that. Um, sure. But yeah, I twenty five to thirty sounds perfect.
0: Yeah, when you hear wide receiver two, you're like fifteen to eighteen. Yeah, yeah. That, that so, guy. well, he's not that
2: guy, but like, yeah, 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 he he's he's a guy who should go. He he should be drafted as a guy who starts in normal leagues.
0: Okay, so we're gonna do this faster than last time. Not as many Traylon Burks or Jerry Judy.
1: Burks. I think. I I want to go with Burks, but Judy has more upside, more ceiling room with Russell Wilson there. So, but I want to go with Burks. So I'm going to go with Burks. All right. Burks or Sutton? Sutton. Ooh. To me, it's the same thing. So I'm going to go Burks since I went with Burks with Judy.
0: Burks or king of the podcast, Brandon Cooks?
1: Cooks. Well, who's throwing Cooks the ball? It's Davis Mills, so of course.
0: It's- I, I thought you were going to say, I thought you were like, who's throwing the ball? I was like, Mike, it's your boy. <laughs> it's your boy. <laughs> is throwing it's Hoy. Boy.
1: He's doing it.
0: All right, Traylon Burks Amon Ross-A-Brown.
2: Oh, God
0: damn it. <laughs> Ooh, that's brutal.
2: <laughs> it's, yeah, uh, man. Burks.
1: Ooh, that had a hurt. That had a hurt. It hurt, it hurt, it felt like a dagger through the heart Yeah, that had it. that's painful okay, I'm, I'm going to agree, Burks
0: Yeah, that's the last kind of Spot where it's questionable Because after that you get like Elijah Moore, Juju Allen Robinson Mike yeah. Williams
2: Burks over Mike Williams But yes. Allen Robinson I think is an interesting one
0: I, I don't know Alan Robinson's value was that he got so many targets yeah,
2: I mean, I don't know, but yeah, I mean, I yeah, Burks will be. I mean, St. Brown's what right now? Twenty seven.
0: Uh, twenty six.
2: Twenty six. So yeah, Burks being just ahead of him. Yeah, yeah, I think Burks is in that it is a is a fringe wide receiver two or high end wide receiver three. You know, okay. something like
0: that. Mike Michael Pittman is wide receiver sixteen right now. Is that way too high? <laughs>
1: Um, I wouldn't say way too high. To me, he's more around the 20 range. but uh, So, not way too high, but it's higher than I would probably want him to be.
0: Yeah. So, all right. Uh, let's get back to talking about the rookies here. So, um, let's rip the Band-Aid off. Uh, no, I don't know what the 49ers were thinking drafting Tyrion davis Price. <laughs> Out of LSU uh, He is like, a plotter He is not good
2: I would like to state that they also drafted Danny Gray in the third round
0: Yes I also don't know what they were doing with Danny Gray oh, actually, I do know I do know what they were doing with Danny Gray
2: He's fast, he run downfield
0: Fourth most, uh, fourth highest yards After Yards after catch per catch
2: Right, so he's he fits the type of guy they like
0: Yeah, that's why I was like Okay, that's what it is
2: Yeah I don't think he's very good, but no. it's it's a pick that San Francisco makes every year. So sure. But yeah, with Davis Price I have no idea. I mean they could have they could have drafted a lot of other guys in the same mold who are better players. I mean Brian
0: Robinson went Brian five Robinson, picks later.
2: Damian Pierce, who I don't even like, but is a better player than Tyrion Davis Price. Yes. Uh Zamir White, Correct. Isaiah Spiller.
0: hmm
1: Tyler Algier. Mm-hmm. Yep, Um, all those are one-cut runners that hit that hole and go. Isaiah Pacheco.
0: Hassan Haskins.
2: (laughs) Hassan Haskins and Tyrion Davis-Price are the same guy.
0: Yeah, Um, but Hassan Haskins went 30, 40 picks later.
2: Isaiah Pacheco barely got drafted, and he's a better football player than Tyrion Davis-Price.
0: Yeah, so no, I don't know what the 49ers are thinking. Sorry to you know my loved ones who listen to this. Uh, I am going to be very anti-TDP and it annoys the hell out of me. The more I think about it, the less sense it makes. To
2: toilet, damn <laughs> toilet damn paper.
0: Toilet damn paper. All right, well, um, I think that's it I, for TDP. I I know he's not going to be the next big 49ers running back.
1: What what happened to Isaiah Spiller? The guy was like one or two on every. He's court. not good. Well, yeah, we know that now, but nobody knew that going into the draft.
2: I we mean, I had him about- as I, I had him as running back three just out of because there had to be somebody there. I yeah,
0: mean, I almost put Tyler Algier over him.
2: I almost put Samir White over him. I mean, yeah. it, it was it was very close. Like I, I had two running backs with day two grades, Hall and Walker. That's it. Right. I right. I didn't ha- I didn't think any of these other guys were going to be super relevant their rookie year, so. I think that based on where they were drafted, I think that I'm correct. I don't really like any of these guys for redraft. I mean, like Rashad White has a little bit of upside if Leonard Fournette gets hurt. Uh, um, Damian Pierce is not a bell cow back. And so, you know, he's going to split touches with Marlon Mack and Rex Burkhead. No thanks. Zamir White is behind a bunch of dudes. Isaiah Spiller's behind Austin Eckler and probably Justin Jackson. Pierre strong is behind like nine running backs in new england um
0: so let let me let me uh so for for isaiah spiller i i figured out what trap we fell in to answer mike's question which was what the hell did we do wrong with isaiah spiller so the best way i can describe this and um i don't know how much of our audience has played uh fantasy baseball but it's the only way I can describe what the thought process
2: is. Is it a specialization argument?
0: It's no, it's not a specialization argument. It's Isaiah Spiller's a big guy who does every, a little bit of everything just okay. Right. So he's like a guy who, you know, if you're in an AL or NL only league who gets like bats 260, gets 60 RBIs, 60 runs, 15 home runs, 15 stolen or. 10 home runs, 10 stolen bases. It's like he does a little bit of everything. He's not good at anything, but he does a little bit of everything okay. So we're like, okay, he's a well-rounded player, and that's what we value. And it's like, well, he's just okay at a lot of stuff. Like, right? arguably, uh, well, he could be a better pass catcher than Kenny Walker, but Kenny Walker is so much of a better runner than Isaiah Spiller is that we get people upset that he can't catch footballs, in, in quotes, When Isaiah Spiller can, it's like, well, yeah, he can. But is he doing anything with him? Not
2: really. Right. I mean, like Isaiah Spiller is a like, right, like he's a fine pass catcher, but like Rashad White is a better pass catcher. And that's why he went higher. Uh, Mm -hmm. Same thing with James Cook. Um, You know, it's once you got past those top two guys, it seemed like the NFL kind of agreed with most talent evaluators that none of these guys are number one backs. And so we're going to draft the specialization that we want. And Isaiah Spiller didn't have one. And once the Chargers came up in the fourth round, they were just looking for an all-around backup. And mm-hmm. so he fit. Um, but yeah, I he might be the third best running back in this class, but that doesn't mean he's good. Yes. Um, and there, there's a huge drop-off after Hall and Walker. And, and I think that the draft, how it played out, made that pretty apparent.
0: Yeah, so if you put, like, if you let's say you do a, a 10 scale for everything a running back does, and I, I hate to go back to the Kenny Walker argument, but there's not that many running backs ranked above him. You give Kenny Walker, like, a 7 out of 10 for rushing, but a 0 out of 10 for pass catching, and you give Spiller 4 and 4. Like, that's 8 points versus 7 points right there, and it, and for a lot of people, that's how it happened, even though Spiller's not, like, he's not that good. He just does a bunch of stuff. And sure. and the disastrous pass pro that Kenny Walker is going to give you is also the problem for for talent evaluators. But yeah, Spiller is just okay at a lot of stuff. The Chargers got Isaiah Spiller because he's better than Josh Kelly. He's better than Larry Roundtree. He's yep. arguably wow. better than Justin Jackson. But I I paused. But Justin Jackson can't stay healthy. I think right. Justin Jackson's a better back.
2: Justin Jackson's a more talented football player than Isaiah Spiller, but Spiller is going to hold up better.
0: Yeah, exactly. So Mike, does that answer your question or do you have a disagreement? Do you think Isaiah Spiller is good? Are Walker and I going crazy?
1: <laughs> well, I do think he's good, but um what you guys were saying makes sense is it's the same thing too. It's if if I have a guy like Isaiah Spiller who, you know, is not going to be someone who's going to come in and be uh the dominant ball carrier It's not going to be sort of the javante williams or someone you can trust to take over the team and be that running back then you're looking at as sort of a supplementary role and if i have also have holes to fill like a pass catching back then i'd rather go with the pass catching back to fill that hole than go with the guy that's marginal
0: yeah and um yeah he just he he ticks more boxes is what it comes down to and so we got into uh i, I was
1: just kind of surprised that everybody now i'm not talking about twitter people i'm talking about real you know nfl.com kind of analysts uh bucky brooks those kind of guys that had isaiah spiller as their two or three and um he falls all the way to like eight and you're just like Okay, how, how did this guy get so misjudged that he falls that far? Um, I, I don't know. It was very confusing, but it also makes sense of what, you know, that could be it. Very, you know, that teams would rather just go with the holes than someone who's going to be a complimentary back.
0: Yeah. So, all right. Uh, I think we I have, I have go ahead, a question.
1: Longer.
2: And yeah. this might be the last thing we talk about for this episode. I'm not sure. But if you guys had to, and it has to be a guy that we haven't talked about yet. One day three guy that you would want to stash in Dynasty.
0: Day three Dynasty day three dynasty stash. And it's not yeah, going to be not, the last thing we talk about. Yeah,
2: there's not, be, there's one more
0: running back I want to talk about. But yeah,
2: you're three. not allowed to say uh, Jalen Tolbert or something.
0: Is that you Tolbert? Is Connor? Hey, no, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm looking here. I hate to say it. Oh, easy. Um, Pierre Strong, New England. Mm-hmm. Uh, round four, pick one twenty-seven. I think they're getting out of the Damian Harris business after this year. That's why they took Ramondre Stevenson and Pierre Strong and
2: Ramondre Stevenson.
0: <laughs> Ramondre, I've I've been. Watching words a lot in this episode So I appreciate uh, just getting one uh, he's, a,
2: he's a skateboarder now He's sort of Andre Stevenson
0: Oh there you go um, But um, we talked about With Herms we talked about um, uh, Pierre. Pierre Strong And he's a different type of back Than they've, they've been having which are these like Hammerbacks he's more of a, a speed guy So you know, in 2023, that might be the year Pierre Strong breaks out. So, as a day three stash, I I would have to go Pierre Strong. Okay.
1: Uh, my 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 two guys are exactly that: Snoop Connor because James Robinson, um, and his Achilles, and Snoop Connor is sort of a James Robinson kind of guy. Uh, and well, what
0: about Travis Etienne?
1: That that yeah, I don't know what they're gonna do with. 18. That's so I mean, I, I guess they will figure out something. But he's also coming off uh, a torn with Liz Frank, Liz Frank, whatever Liz it is.
2: Frank is. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, it's it's interesting. But I, I like Snoop Connor. Um. And I like Pierre Strong, too. I think he's he's James White kind of guy uh, with someone who can do a little bit more than James White. So not pass catching, of course, but someone who could come in to fill that role and also run the ball uh, as well.
0: All right. All right. Well, I was going to say, Walker, your turn. Well,
2: Jeff said one and Mike said two, so I'll say three. Um, a guy who's a good football player who landed in a terrible situation, Isaiah Likely. Mm-hmm. Um, went to Baltimore. End, went to just Baltimore. Like also, And Charlie Kohler also went to Baltimore, so there's a million tight ends again. Yeah. They're, and they're, Mark Andrews. I Jelani, Jelani Woods
1: tight end. Jelani Woods tight end, definitely.
2: Yeah, but he so, got taken in the
1: third round.
0: Yeah. But the, oh, well,
1: never mind. I didn't say yeah. anything at all. The
0: Ravens yeah. are legally barred from drafting just one tight end. Yeah, like, they got to take But two. they have to take two.
1: Yep.
2: Um I would say uh, another tight end that I'm somewhat interested in in deep leagues is uh, Chicozio Okonkwo. Mm-hmm. Went to Tennessee. Um, their only like experienced guy that catches the ball is Austin Hooper, and he's losing athleticism by the day. So Okonkwo is in a position to maybe year two step into some sort of role with them. Um, I think he's a better... Type of player than Michael Pruitt in the same type of mold, and uh, I, I think that he could be a, a sneaky guy to look for. Um, and remember, folks, I did nail my super sleeper tight end last year. John Bates showed a little something, mm-hmm. so don't you worry.
0: And then <laughs> I like the "don't you worry." Like somebody <laughs> at home's like, "Has this guy ever knit?" Na- uh, nope okay, John <laughs> Bates, let's go. Don't worry about it.
2: Uh, and the, if you're looking really, really deep um, at Bo Melton receiver to Seattle, um, played with just horrendous quarterback play at Rutgers,
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, was clocked as the second fastest receiver at the senior bowl behind Alec Pierce, um, fits the type of offense that they like to run in Seattle. And the competition behind the top two guys is bad. Um, it. it Conceivably, I could see, you know they they've drafted a the seventh round receiver and had him be the number three guy by the end of the year before with David Moore, who wasn't even very good. So um, I could see a situation where Melton beats out Eskridge and Swain and ends up as the number three guy there.
0: Well, yeah, Eskridge and Swain are are both bad, not uh, good. Yeah, not good. And I mean, um, Melton might
2: be bad too, but like he's at least new and fast. So you know you right. could give it, you can stash him and see if he ends up. Getting into that number three spot there. Yeah,
0: yeah. and um, I, I I'm writing uh, team by team. They're rookies, and I did the NFC West first. And and uh, Melton interests me a little bit uh, down down line, like Walker said, because he will make the team uh, just for special teams. Like they, he was an incredible gunner um, in college, and that's why they got him. And sometimes all you need to be is to be active on game day. And they get into a desperate situation, and then all of a sudden you're on the field and you have a chance to show yourself. Yep. Like ask
1: Terrell Davis.
0: Yeah, I, I think that that um, you know they because they they drafted him to be a gunner, but I agree he's got good speed. Um, you know he he runs fast. That four three four, he runs fast. Um, so I, I that's a that's a pretty that's a very deep one. Let's talk about Ko Keft, tight out let's not
2: talk in. about this guy.
0: No, he's a blocker. But he has a name like his ass went to the Jedi Academy. uh, Ko-Kieft. Star Wars. Kieft. 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 I like Ko-Kieft. A few more things and then we can wrap up here. The quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk more about that in two weeks with uh, JT JT O'Sullivan, uh, quarterback school. But... I heard an interesting thing. It was on, I forget what it was on, but it's possible next year no quarterback in this class is a top 24 quarterback in fantasy leagues next year.
2: I think that that's probably the likeliest outcome.
0: I think it's also the likeliest outcome that we have one quarterback that's starting next year from this class, and it's going to be Kenny Pickett, the same one that's going to be starting this year um, Would Mitchell Trubisky gets hurt. Matt Carell. Uh, oh yeah. Carolina. That's
2: I think, true. I mean, I think Corral's going to start games this year. So Maybe. I don't possible. think he'll go into the season as the starter, but yeah. I think that Darnold will be bad again because he's bad and they'll eventually be completely out of contention and they'll, you know, Matt rule will get fired and they'll throw Corral in there and see what he's got.
0: Yeah. I, I don't know if we talked about this on the, the podcast or on the live stream, but you know, Malik Willis, Matt, Matt, Corral, Bailey Zappi, these guys went Desmond Ritter, these guys went rounds three and four. These are the what we talked about where you're taking a shot on guys, and if they're no good, you just throw them aside. Yeah. So they I I they I take it back. They all will probably get some starts this year. Um because Marcus Mariota, we we pretty much know what Marcus Mariota is at this point. Uh Ryan Tannehill um probably will play out the string um cuz it's a real uh, well, uh Jimmy Garoppolo situation with Ryan Tannehill there where they're afraid to turn away from what they already have because what they already have is working for them.
2: Yeah, and Tannehill's also better than Garoppolo, so.
0: Yeah, but it's all it's just the thing where they're like, "Oh, we might have the replacement, but we're not going to make the switch yet because things are working." It's sort sure. of that like just don't touch anything.
2: Yeah, and I don't think they'll be anywhere near as good as they were last year, but they'll be good enough that they'll be in contention late in the season. So Tannehill's not going anywhere anytime
0: soon. Well, I mean, every literally every other team and every other player in that division is garbage. I was just seeing if Mike was paying attention, and he's clearly not.
1: No, I'm paying attention. <laughs> he's just putting it in his memory banks. He's like, All right. <laughs> I'm, 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 just, I'm just making notes and... Uh... Well,
0: let, let's put it this way: worst case, absolute worst case scenario, and best case scenario for Mike. The Titans are the number two team in that division.
2: I think that they are, but yeah,
0: yeah and that's that that's, is that's the worst, worst case, case scenario. scenario, pretty much. Yeah,
1: because it's like well, it depends on what the Colts do. If they, I mean, Matt Ryan there and the the draft that they just had, I I don't think it's like a well, it could be a worst case. Yeah, never mind. It is a worst case scenario because I forgot about the other two teams and how bad they are. Yeah. But you know, there it's... is Houston. They they have a quarterback.
0: Davis Davis-Mills. Mills. Yes, there. we know. And
1: we know Davis- about Davis Mills. Mills-, Mills. Be, so you know. Come it on. Might not be.
0: We know about Davis Mills. Okay. Um, there's one more guy I want to talk about, and it's Rashad White. Um, Rashad White went to the Buccaneers. Um, with I believe number 94. My stuff is not filtering here. Uh. 91. Rashad White, running back out of Arizona State. What do we think? Because this is my take on it. Uh, When Leonard Fournette came off the field for them last year and Ronald Jones came on, the other team knew they weren't passing the ball to the the running back. And when Mm -hmm. Giovanni Bernard came on, they knew they weren't running the ball. Yeah. So I think that Rashad White is just a player that is there so that one, if Leonard Fournette gets hurt, they have an actual backup. And two, a guy to take the, you know, the 30% of snaps that uh, Leonard Fournette's not going to take and not tip their hand, which. Right. Because if, could because be
2: yeah, because if they go out there with Keyshawn Vaughn, it's the same thing as Ronald Jones. Oh,
0: yeah. And they and then, signed Gio. So right.
2: And Gio is just a pass catcher. So Gio will still be the uh, two minute drill back. That's his only role. Um, Fournette will still be the starter. And then, yeah, White will be the RB2, except in two-minute drill situations when it'll be Geo. So, um, yeah, White will get 25% of snaps. So um, he won't be valuable unless uh, unless Fournette gets hurt. But, like, I don't know. I I, I don't ever see him being a, a lead back in the NFL, but... There's a situation where he ends up being a pretty decent 1B somewhere at, at some point. Um, this isn't the situation because Fournette is the clear lead back. But yeah, I mean, if you want to draft him and redraft as like your second to last or last pick, and then if Fournette gets hurt, you've got a guy you can throw in your
1: lineup, or you can also dangle him to the Fournette owner.
0: Mm-hmm. Mike, what do you think?
1: Yeah. Uh I drafted in my startup Leonard Fournette and then a few rounds later I went and drafted Rashad White. It's exactly for those reasons you guys are mentioning. Uh he, he's sort of a mixture of a, a you know, quick runner, um, someone who can catch passes, but he's not exceptionally great at either one. Uh so you know, we'll see. He's he's average all these guys can be very average runners. Um uh I mean Brees Hall is the best out of the group, but what, you know, um, he's not exciting as far as someone that, you know, 100 percent he's going to be a your RB1 in a, you know, a season or two. We, we just don't know um, about any of these guys. Most of these guys screen backups and, and people we won't talk about in a couple of years. I mean, 95 yeah. percent of these players are like that to me. They're just there's not anybody there that is just he's that guy. This mm-hmm. class is horrible.
0: Like, what's the difference between Rashad White and Kenyon Drake? Right. Exactly. Not
1: much. Um, yeah. And they both probably have you know, similar career sets because you know, they are similar players. And, yeah. I, I Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Hopefully, next year quarterbacks will be a lot better. Uh, wide receivers, probably better. Running backs, I haven't looked at yet. But I'm assuming they'll be better.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um... J.S.N. is one of the top five players uh, in Vegas odds to go number one overall. Jesus yep. Christ! Next year, so I mean he's not the number one, but he's in the top five, and and, 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 th- and that's special. a good class. So that tells you, right.
1: yep. Yeah. And, and he's special. He's someone that you you're going to get excited about. Oh, yeah.
0: Yes, I'm super hyped for J.S.N. So, well, um,
2: I mean Jordan Addison too. I'm excited about him too. <laughs>
0: it's 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 going to be a fun. It's it, we are going to be doing the opposite of this next year. Where oh, we're we're yeah. sitting here going this guy, uh, this guy. Next year we're yeah. going to we're going to we're going to yeah, jump gonna, out of our chairs. We're
2: yeah. going to get past those top guys even and we're going to be like, "Ooh, Josh Downs, ooh, Jaden Reed." And yeah. it's, you know, it's going to be a
0: lot more like last year than this year. Yes. Where last year we were right. like, "Ooh, this this guy went later than he should have and this is a good it's next year is going to be good." I have one more guy I want to talk about, and then we can we can call it unless there's some somebody that you guys want to talk about. Yeah, Matt I just started. gotta
2: talk about Keontae
0: Ingram. No, I'm just kidding. Keontae Ingram sucks. <laughs> that, speaking of guys that suck, round four, pick 107 overall, running back out of Florida, Damian Pierce. Stop it! People are so excited about Damian Pierce for the sole reason that they have decided that Marlon Mack is bad now, and yeah, that is. Mar-
2: I mean, Marlon Mack isn't as good as he used to be, but he's not awful. Rex Burkhead's also not awful. Damian Pierce is also not good. Um,
0: I I don't know. I I tweeted it out. Yeah, I was being facetious, and I said, you guys are very excited about Marlon Mack's backup.
2: But (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, basically, like, I have no idea how that's going to shake out, but... Actually, no. What? No, I do know how it's gonna shake out, and that's gonna be they don't have a lead back.
0: They're yeah, just exactly. Gonna play all three of them. Exactly.
2: And Damian Pierce, every time he gets the ball, runs directly into a tackler. So, I, like, he's good at catching it, but he can't do anything with it.
0: Yeah. So, Mike, what do you think? You're you're the the resident Marlon Mackhead.
1: Well, he when he played in the couple of games when they were talking about trading him. And he wanted out at Indianapolis and there was sort of a mutual decision and they were showcasing him. He wasn't too bad uh, coming off that injury. And now we're another season removed from from his week one injury that mm-hmm. he s- sustained against Jacksonville. On I think it was even in the second quarter. So it was way early. It was one. like
0: right off the bat. He had like yeah. six carries, I think.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I think he's going to be uh, Marlon Matt. Um, I mean, he might have a little, of course, uh, dings on him, you know, but he, I don't think he's gonna. If you if you don't know Marlon Mack, you're gonna say, "Oh, that looks like the same runner." So, um, I do agree. Damian Pierce will have a role, um, and and Ber- Rex Burkhead will have something to say because Rex Burkhead is the only player on that on this team that can actually really catch as a running back. So, um, but I think this is Marlon Mack's lead backfill. He's gonna get the one with the majority of the carries. Yeah, uh, but
0: that could be like forty five percent of carries.
1: <laughs> sure, sure. Um or maybe a little bit more, especially to start the season. Yeah. We'll see how Damian Pierce um comes around. But uh he Marlon Mack will be the lead back. Um and, and then by the end of the season it could be, you know what, forty five, you know, forty and whatever. But um yeah I do like Marlon Mack. I think he's he's gonna be Pretty much, Marlon Mack. I don't know about that offensive line. It's not as good as the Colts, obviously. So we'll see how how well he he does
0: it behind Houston's. All right. Any any uh, any final thoughts here? Uh,
2: Velus Jones is old and bad.
0: Yeah, I, there's a reason why we didn't talk about Valus Jones. Uh, don't don't worry about it. Is I guess what we'll say. Um, yep. So we'll go out on a tweet here from Paul DFF uh, at Fantasy Freezer. Reminder, and this is for everybody. This isn't just this doesn't just apply to these three players. But reminder, Elijah Moore, Devonta Smith, and Amon Ross St. Brown didn't become less talented just because their teams drafted wide receivers. I think that's a trap that a lot of people fall into, and it's why I wanted to close with Damian Pierce and with this quote because. We get this thing in our heads that the new player is always going to be better, but that's not always true. And I especially don't think it's true of this class. You know, I had people talking about, I saw people talking about how Khalil Shakir was bad for Gabe Davis. Gabe Davis is much better than Khalil Shakir. Like stop doing this, stop doing this thing where there is a new player. So there's a new toy in town. So um you know, all of a sudden he's going, the new guy's going to be really good. You know, I saw people talking about how Kyron Williams is going to have like a JD McKissick role. No, he's not. Yeah, the Rams don't pass the ball to their running back. The the, the JD McKissick role doesn't exist there. So So basically just
2: stop being an idiot.
0: Stop trying to retrofit team uh, talent and usage around what their draft picks were.
2: Right, like teams draft backups all
0: the time. Exactly, we saw that it's it's entirely legal for you know um, who's a bad. I'm trying to find a bad running back here. Um, It's It's entirely. It's entirely. Well, I needed a. a, That's actually who I was looking at, but he's he's backing up uh, Derrick Henry. But let's say this: it's entirely legal for uh, Pierre Strong to take. Touches away from the worst running backs there Without Pierre Chong taking touches away from Damian Harris You know, he can take right. them away from James White And we can forget that J.J. Taylor exists Which Dynasty good. Twitter was was pissing their pants about J.J. Taylor last offseason So, just because there's new guys It doesn't mean they're going to be good Is I think what right. I'm trying to say here Right All right Now that we've uh, rained on everybody's parade Mike (laughs) any final thoughts
1: well sorry to go with you guys on this too is it's okay not to be first on a player um yes (laughs) you you don't. it's not a race you're not going to be remembered for it um and it's okay just to see how it plays out so be patient um there's so many players there's so many players out there people one year and they're like oh this guy's toast he can't play let's get rid of him he's done mm-hmm. i'm not drafting him again um well you know as far as that i can remember watching football for the last 40 years that i've done um but a lot of a lot of players um have struggled their first year and been excellent hall of fame players so just it's not a drive through it's a football, it takes process, and it's okay not to be first. Yeah.
0: And even if you aren't first, you can still be known as the guy who was in on that player. Yeah. Um, I wasn't somebody the who... first guy to say uh,
2: Cooper Cup was going to be good last season, but I said it a lot, and I was very you know, adamant about the fact that I thought I was right about that, and therefore some people have remembered me as the Cooper Cup guy.
0: Yeah. And, and Frank, you know, uh, friend of part of the show, Frank, uh, <laughs> he and I went back and forth about DeAndre Swift around May last year. And I was like, DeAndre Swift is going to be good. And then around October, he re- I remember he retweeted somebody talking about how Frank's faith in DeAndre Swift got that guy to draft him because Frank came around on him. Right. And you can come around on guys. You can change your mind about guys. But. You don't have to be first. You can just be the loudest, and you, as as long as you're right, nobody's gonna care. Nobody's gonna care. So, like Mike said, take your time. So, um, Walker, any final thoughts?
2: Um, no, not really. I, I uh, this this rookie class isn't that inspiring, and that's okay. It doesn't need to be. And uh, don't overdraft these guys just because you want the shiny new
0: toy. Exactly. Yep. So we'll go out on this. I did some projections. Quarterback one, Kyler Murray. Running back one, James Conner. Wide receiver one, Hollywood Brown. Tight end one, Zach Ertz, because I have only done the Cardinals. Cardinals, I was going
1: to say. <laughs> sounds like someone's looked into the Cardinals.
0: <laughs> All right. So thanks for listening, everybody. We will be back next week in the Patreon feed and then back in the main feed. I probably should have done this at the beginning of the episode just touchdowns jt sullivan we will be talking the quarterback class and this this uh discussion got very interesting because this class went how no other class has other ever really gone yeah and wild. not how any of us thought it would go so i'm very excited for that discussion with uh, jt and um we will be back in this feed with that episode so uh for walker and mike this is jeff thanks for listening take care and have a good one
1: Bye.